five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Hey, space enthusiasts. I'm back from vacation and we have a new episode. My guest Ole Docker probably knows the Norwegian space ecosystem like nobody else. He's the organizer of the Spaceport Norway conference, which is annual and it will take place in Oslo next week. We talk about what is going on in space in Norway, including exciting things like the new Andorra spaceport, and of course also about his conference. Enjoy! My name is Raphael Rodkin and I'm an investor and advisor to space companies. Just as a reminder, this podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing should be taken as investment advice. This podcast is sponsored by Nanoavionics, a satellite manufacturer and mission integrator. Their technologies enable many space companies worldwide to offer services that improve life right here on Earth, such as providing global connectivity, conducting Earth observation or contributing to scientific discoveries. Check them out and also check out my episode with the CEO and co-founder. Sadly, I am not a rocket scientist, but I'm an alumnus of the International Space University. ISU offers a number of educational programs about space worldwide. Check them out at isunet.edu. And just some final things before we start the episode about ourselves. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple or Spotify. If you want us help, expand our work, you can do so and support us at www.patreon.com forward slash space business podcast. And we'll also put that link in the episode notes. And lastly, you can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore space. Welcome back, space enthusiasts. Finally, time for another episode. I actually have been on vacation. Yes, I actually take vacation sometimes, but now we finally have the next episode. And I'm very pleased to have as my guest today, Ole Docker from Norway. Welcome, Ole. Thank you very much, Ralph. Ole, can you just give us a sort of short introduction of yourself, please? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to cut it short. Um, I uh, have an extensive corporate background, 20 years of working with strategy, innovation, business development, that kind of thing before I started to actually move into the space uh, area. So uh, I established um, Spaceport Norway as a meeting arena and uh, kind of a space business uh, conference in 2016. I actually launched it at IC. And from 2016 to now, I've been pretty much only working with space. So 2016. So, you know, these days we're almost like used to getting a lot of headlines in the press about space, you know, and including the SpaceX launches and everything. But 2016, it was it was much quieter around space. And you're saying you're like a corporate guy. How did you come up with that idea? Well, it, it was kind of, a, uh, you know, a, a little bit complexity because I was working in the oil and gas industry. So I had this uh, ongoing process with myself all the time. I can't really be doing this anymore. Uh, you know, working with oil and gas, I had, you know, a super good salary and great benefits fits and everything was fantastic at the same time i had three kids and i was kind of thinking about this what can i use uh, what can i spend how can i spend my time better uh, in a way that is interesting uh, that can create a lot of benefits for for the world and for a lot of people create new jobs and space was kind of lying there as a, a, a you know unexplored territory. And as many people, I'm, I'm a pretty you know old guy. I'm 56 years old, so I can actually remember seeing the the landing on the moon, sitting on my father's lap. Uh, and I think most of my generation has that kind of space fascination from from uh, from that area. Yeah. Uh, but but going into this the space domain. 
for me, it's not about only fascination and, you know, all this is so fantastic and inspirational. It's really about business uh, because I saw mm. so many opportunities that was not really exploited and, and a market that was really young kind of in, in shaping. And, and you're, you're completely right. I mean, 2016, nobody understood what I was talking about. Uh, yeah. Now in 2022, uh, and as you know, you will have a, a space conference in Oslo next week. Mm-hmm. It's completely different. The interest is so much higher and, and and for the first time ever, we actually sold out all the tickets. Terrific. So that, that's a kind of a, a great uh, yeah a signal, if you like, uh, that there's something going on. Yeah, we'll come back just in a minute in general to talk more about it. But I just want to keep asking a little bit about your, your bio, because, you know, one reason I'm doing this podcast is basically to try to attract more people to the space sector, right? Because, I mean, you may be seeing the same things that I'm seeing, which is basically we're having increasing um, um, work shortages, like, you know, just like space startups not being able to find people, uh, both on the technical and non-technical side. And so I would say, like, you know, if you want to grow the space sector to this, like, multi-trillion dollar size that we're hoping, we definitely need to get much more people inside the space sector. So that's one reason I'm doing the podcast. And so stories like yours, like, I guess mine as well, but like since you're the guest, yours, they're good stories, right? Because we had sort of, like, the former corporate Ole, and then you decided to come and join the space sector. Can you just give us a little bit more detail how you went about, like, for the benefit of our listeners, how you went about doing that? Sort of, like, for example, did you, I don't know, did you start researching or reading stuff? Yeah, to people? How, how was that process? I was a little bit, you know, I, I had some uh, a good kind of uh, starting point because there was a there was a commercial venue that was asking a lot of people, is it possible to do something on the space industry? Mm. Uh, and most people came and I was invited to this meeting and, and I was the only one that actually was saying that we should do this in a very business-oriented way. Uh, we should create something that is actually enabling people to see the opportunities, the business opportunities that this could create, maybe try to position space as a platform for innovation and etc etc and for some reason they kind of liked my idea and then I got you know a budget I could use to learn because I obviously have to learn a lot so so the first mm-hmm. year I traveled around the world pretty much and and you know attended conferences had meetings with space companies and uh, met all the the big agencies to learn as much as possible mm-hmm. because I think going into this um, very well today it's still a special domain you need to know what you're doing you need to know what mm-hmm. what, what it's all about you can't only talk about oh let's go to the moon and or mine asteroids or whatever there was so much crazy stuff going on um, mm-hmm. also in 2016 so you have to kind of uh, yeah know what you're talking about and and I kind of used that year to learn and to recruit speakers for my first first conference in 2017 and I think that is needed you have to you know dive into it uh, you have to read a lot you have to meet people you have to be kind of humble about it because uh, I came from oil and gas at the time and, and was a communication uh, leader strategic communication leader so I had to kind of reconfigure my brain in a way uh, in order to understand what what's mm-hmm. needed in the space industry mm-hmm. and I guess the, the good news for people today like you know six years on is it's much easier right because there's many more conferences and many more materials out there to, to learn yeah. if people want to learn and join our sector uh, absolutely at the same time it's not easy it's never easy Right, and and now we have a kind of a diff- different problem because after COVID, there's conferences all over the place all the time. I mean, I mean, there there will be some kind of uh, fatigue almost because there's so many events, right? So, and also I need to say this, uh, Raphael, that I'm not really a conference guy. I mean, that's not my background.
So I would like yeah. to I would like to see new partnerships, new yeah. projects, new investments. That's why I'm doing it. So it's not to create a cool event. It's to see that two or three or four or five or ten or whatever companies after a space yeah. portfolio event actually start to work together. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's terrific. And we'll, we'll come back to that sort of your future plans in the space sector. But since at the moment, it's kind of ironic you're saying you're the conference guy, but of course you are organizing a space conference and you have been for the last few years. So let's just talk a little bit about that. Like you mentioned, uh, Spaceport Norway is going to be happening in Oslo next um, Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, I guess starting Monday night and then the main conference uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, I'm very ha happy and honored to, to come and speak and participate in the panel as well. So thank you again for the invitation. So let's talk a little bit about Spaceport Norway. You said the first one was as early as 2017? Yes. How big was that? <laughs> Roughly speaking. It was, uh, I, I remember pretty much exactly how many people there were attending. So it was like 100 and maybe 92 people. That's actually not uh, bad for 2017. No, but I think, you know, maybe if uh, 10 or 15 of them paid tickets. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and, and, you know, 40 of them were speakers. So they, they, it was really, really difficult uh, to, to get off the ground. And, you know, the people financing me, they were, you know, uh, in total, uh, had total anxiety for everything. But we managed to pull it off. And I think it was still a good experience for a lot of people. Mm. And, and for many, and this is a kind of a cool thing also, because from the first event in 2017, and, and I have to be honest with you, I did hardly know what I was doing. Um, mm. but, but it was kind of, it was a success in a way, because several of the young people that I, I, I got in there for free, today they run space startups. Cool. That, that's exactly so, that's exactly what we need. That's the idea, right? Exactly. So, so I think, you know, even if it was not a commercial success and it was very limited in, you know, uh, both, uh, you know, high level or high profile speakers and all that, we still managed to pull something off that is actually existing today and and generating, you know, work and and jobs and, and revenue. So, so, yeah, so that's kind of my perspective on, on every part of this journey. And so fast forwarding to Spaceport 2022, how, how big is it now and what are sort of other major changes along the way? Well, right now I have a little bit of a, a different, different problem because uh, I had a target on actually 400 attendees this year mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, also a much stronger business focus in the program. So it, it's very, you know, we mm -hmm. have also some inspirational stuff, but, but we already passed that. Uh, I think, you know, right now I'm looking to 425, 430 maybe. Uh, okay. There's a lot of high-level people uh, and there's kind of coming in. I mean, I have two tickets that I try to, you know, uh, to give to people for that they can buy still. Yeah. But it's, mm -hmm. it's basically sold out. Um, okay. And it's going to be super full. Mm. Uh, so, um, so I think it's it's a it's going to be a great event, really. No, I was you know we have this this interesting times because as you know we will have a spaceport operational spaceport in Norway next year. Yes, Andoya. Oh no, yeah, Andoya. Yeah. Uh, and this is a catalyst for a lot of the interest, obviously. But but that's not all, right? So. This will give Norway a very, uh, you know, strong position in the launch market, uh, and yeah. and that that's going to to create a lot of value. But we see also that you know, um, very innovative and exciting companies like Spin Launch, they're mm -hmm. also coming to Norway and will be at the conference yeah. next week. Um, and this that's a completely different approach to the whole kind of launch to Leo um, uh, task. So mm -hmm. so. 
So even if we have now, you know, a spaceport uh, that is positioned to, you know, um, be a good platform for launch companies like ESA Aerospace and others, yeah. mm -hmm. there's also other things going on. And I think that is very cool. Was that, I should have asked, I mean, the name of the conference is, is Spaceport as well. Was yeah. that, how did you pick that? Was that already sort of like uh, with the vision of, of having the Norwegian yeah. Spaceport or was it more sort of like random? Not, not really. I mean, I, I'm the, you know, I'm guilty of coming up with that name. And uh and uh, it was a conceptual thing, like, you know, we mm. should, you know, try to create a, a port for all people that would like to venture into the space domain. Yeah. Um, and, and at that point in time, it, it, I had a, we obviously a focus on uh, the oil and gas industry because mm -hmm. I saw some mm -hmm. opportunities there, but also other kind of sectors. Uh, where, where I could create some kind of multidisciplinary arena where they could meet the space people. Um, so it's a conceptual thing. It was not really about the spaceport in Anoya. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, Anoya spaceport should really be named Spaceport Norway. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that's my name, so yeah. <laughs> you, you, you took the domain and everything. <laughs> of course. So yeah. So there you go. Um, so in terms of the conference, so it was like 420, 430 people. Uh, can you give us an idea, sort of like the mix of people? I'm mean, already kind of teasing that it's it's not like it's only Norwegians, right? You mentioned companies like Spin Launch and and these Aerospace are coming. Yeah. So what is what well, are some of the sort of important characteristics of the of the public? I, there, there, there is actually more Norwegian, I think, industry profiles this year than ever before because there's so mm. much going on in Norway right now. So you mm -hmm. have several companies also competing for positions, uh, like two companies that will actually they have the same ambition on creating an, uh, an uh, satellite factory, if you like, and assembly mm. uh, integration, you know, facilities. Uh, that's interesting. Never happened before. So there will be competing forces also on the program talking about this stuff uh, but but so there will be uh, of course a bunch of Norwegians and as I told you about the Anil Spaceport they will be there and there's mm -hmm. a lot of um, interested uh, also suppliers and and uh, and uh, companies that is a part of that value chain but but we have uh, participants from all Europe uh, mm -hmm. from a uh, bunch from US so mm -hmm. so there will be a good diversity I think and we will also have uh, a lot of people outside the space industry, mm -hmm. including uh, Equinor, which is the biggest oil and gas company yep. in mm -hmm. Norway, which is also one of the most innovative technology companies in Norway. Yeah. Uh, and I, I still think they are a Fortune 50 company, especially now in the with the insane revenue streams they have because oh, sure. of more, everything that's happened. Yeah, uh, the yes. war and everything. So, so there's, there's going to be a diverse crowd, and and of course we will have researchers, academics. Uh, uh, as always, but but there's a large group of people that is really industrial and business oriented. That's really good news because again, in the spirit of you know bringing in more people to the space sector, I mean, I was when I was previously mentioned, I was talking about individual people, but of course we need to bring the non-space corporates in as well. And of course, you're right. Norway, of course, is uh, is very strong in certain sectors where I think space technology should be used, right? Like you mentioned, Equinor of oil and gas, but I mean, Norway is, uh, correct me if I say something wrong, but I think it's also very strong in things like forestry, right? Uh, forestry paper, shipping, shipping, of course, and there's lots of things we can do with space technology uh, for, for shipping companies, uh, even fish farms. Um, so Absolutely. Good to yeah. So these these companies are getting more interested, and they are coming to the conference and, and interacting. Yes, but but uh, but again, even if I feel like already, I mean, uh, as, as I told you before, we actually started to record uh, the podcast. Uh, it's been a wild week, right? I've been working, you know, pretty much around the clock. Mm. Um, 
and and I'm never satisfied, right? So so I see that you know now I have a good group of people outside the space sector that was actually would like to be there, but I would like more of that to happen, and mm. I think that is. I think it's crucial for the space industry as well that you are able to actually engage with those uh, um, big companies that actually need it, but mm-hmm. they don't know it. They don't. They yeah. don't have the insight or, or knowledge about it. So, so that's also part of the mission in a way to 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 make sure that they are starting to understand that yeah, maybe this is actually something we should use. Yeah, so it's almost like an educa- educational, like a teaching yeah, event, and, and, then, and then they can meet the relevant people right there um, absolutely. at the event, at the event yeah. as well. So ge- generally speaking, um, so this is a very open question, but let me ask it anyway. So with your experience now for a few years, um, and like you said, there's, there's there's so many space conferences now around the world. It's sort of really like, for some reason, the last one or two years it exploded. What When you go about organizing space, but what in your mind, what makes a good space conference? What are some of the elements you, you care about? To make sure people are walking away from the experience and think this is great, this is adding value. I'm going to, I'm going to be back. Hmm. It's uh, yeah. I, obviously, I think a lot about this, but but I think it it has to have some balance between real business value that mm. you can actually you know meet people that you can uh, maybe establish a good relationship with or or even you know uh, go further than that and establish partnerships and you know really see the value in, in in meeting each other and i actually think that the conference as a as a channel uh the, the most important function especially now after covid is the meeting arena where people actually can meet um, mm-hmm. and that's why i do this uh this year i do it total physical there will be no streaming mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i will do some recording but it's actually not streaming at all because i would like it to happen there mm-hmm. uh, and so, so the meeting arena and the kind of function that is is kind of one of the most important things when it comes to programming and stuff. That's also uh, a science by itself. But, but I think to have a a good balance between this really strong business teams that mm-hmm. you know is current, they are you know relevant. It's going on right now. It's not like a, you know you you don't speak about things that happened five years ago on Spaceport Norway conference because that's not really relevant anymore. That's why I'm I'm not you know. Um, uh, recruiting speakers like Apollo astronauts and stuff like that because yeah it's fantastic history but this is not about history it's about the future so so the balance between the business teams and some inspirational stuff um like you know what what will happen in five years uh, and that's why uh, you I know that you know Pete Warden as well yeah. uh, and Pete Warden Pete, Pete Warden is coming and he will talk about you know the solar sail technology and yep. and everything that goes on with that and how we can actually explore the solar system a lot faster and cheaper um so we need to find this uh, you know you know the nuggets also to kind of satisfy the the fantasy and the imagination of people but but as i said the business uh, focus is the most important thing for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, terrific and so besides actually no let's finish up on the conference so if i may ask you so there's a two day program with you know many exciting uh, speakers panels um you mentioned Pete Worden is coming for example um, anything you're particularly excited about to hear it is actually the last speaker i mean excited about a lot of things but uh, okay let's have a start and the and the end um because uh, Geraldine Aja the, mm-hmm. the director of the commercialization in ISA at ISA, mm-hmm. she will have the, the main keynote. Uh, mm-hmm. And I actually talked to her, or I talked to her PA more likely, and asked uh, directly, would Geraldine would Aja uh, like to actually have um, It's Time to Be Bolder, which is my title for the conference this year, yeah. as her you know, title of her talk. Uh, and then I said, uh, you know, this is about, you know, all the challenges we have today in the world. 
uh, all the development that is going on. Uh, we need to be bolder and invest more invest more money and resources and dedicate more to to the space um, domain uh, and and after two minutes i got a reply on that and said yes she would like to do it mm. so i'm excited about that because i have no idea what she will you know talk about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but but it's time to be bolder it's the title so i hope it's going to be bold <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah and and i think i she is also a very kind of sharp uh, businesswoman Mm -hmm. uh, I, I look forward to, to that in a, in a big way. And as I said, it's hard to kind of pu pull something out, but but we will also end uh, the conference on a very high note with an architect mm. uh, and, uh, and, and a really, you know, star architect, uh, Jakob Lange from Big Architects in Denmark. They're doing all kinds of signal buildings all around the world, and they're really, really working with space. Uh, so he will have a talk about, you know, architecture for the moon, for Mars, mm. For, for Earth and how these things are actually connected and how we can use technology and that we already actually possess to, to make this happen. Um, and, and this is just, this is not like, you know, dreaming sci-fi stuff. They're mm -hmm. really doing hard work on it. So uh, so I'm really excited about that. I think that's going to be a super talk. No, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that one too. I, I've been aware that some architects are starting to think about sort of structures uh, on the moon and other places. And yeah, we, we definitely want to have uh, buildings which are, of course, they have to be functional, functional so we uh, can survive. But ideally, they should also be cool looking because, I mean, come on, it's in space, right? Yeah, 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 sure. And 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 what and what I think is also super interesting with it is that you know going into the future, we know that we have to spend or use resources in a different way on Earth as well. Mm, mm. We have to be much more careful how how we use water, how we use energy, uh, how we produce food, and so a lot of these things is super critical in space yeah. and will be beneficial on Earth. For Earth right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, it's, like so a, think, it's like I say, yeah. If, if you go to a place like Mars, right, uh, pretty much everything has to be recycled. It has to be what we call a closed-loop system, and so yes, exactly. Be able to be to, useful on Earth. You have to learn to to really like your urine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the famous example from the International Space Station. <laughs> It's funny, as we're both sipping on our cups of tea here, uh, <laughs> it, would be, it would be very different on the ISS. We suddenly reminded of that. Yeah. Anyway, let's shift gears a little bit, um, besides, or, or partly because you're doing the conference, right? And you've been looking at the sector now for a few years, um, well, internationally, but of course also being based in Norway. You're probably one of the best, if not the best place person to talk about the Norwegian space ecosystem. And so I just want to ask a little bit about it in general, what you're seeing in Norwegian space ecosystem, what there is right now in terms of, you know, developed companies, but well, there's obviously some developed companies, right? Like a, like a Kongsberg. Um, there's, I assume, a bunch of startups as well. Um, I think that there's a Norwegian space agency, which I think has actually been around for a few decades. Yeah, if you could just sort of give yeah. us the lay of the land and what's going on in Norwegian yeah, space. Yeah, I, I could try. This is actually not easy because it's, it's uh, evolving. Uh, yeah. speak right and and I think um, uh, with, with the danger of kind of putting too much emphasis on the spaceport or the spaceport th that that is also a very important component right now yeah. because um, people are starting to uh, to see that oh this is actually you know enables us yeah. to get to space and, and mm -hmm. enables us to get to orbit and and so that that is fueling uh, a little bit of, of what's happening um, we can go back to the space agency which also is a very dear an important partner for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I work very close with them. I also uh, do jobs for them, actually. But mm -hmm. but 
uh, they're also on this journey from you know a more traditional uh, maybe research um, and science oriented space agency organization to a much more business and industry driven organization uh, and this has happened uh, especially after they got the the, the new dg christian hagri hansen mm -hmm. which i see is really kind of changing things um, so they are important, but they're not the only thing. So, so but that, that's a they, they do an important job, uh, definitely to to uh, stimulate and facilitate um, the, the development we see now. Um, I will like to think that Spaceport Norway also have a you know a big a, a little bit part of this to to uh, engage, especially the younger audience, the the younger startups, and and we have ESA um, Bix in uh, Norway, uh, managed by Shell Innovation. That is. Also, you know, doing a more activity and there's more startups coming from that. Um, and I think all the big players, you mentioned Kongsberg, is also heading towards a kind of a more new space approach to how they work. They've been working, doing the things, uh, you know, in a certain manner for a number of years. And now they're starting to kind of change that up a little bit and uh, invite more into the process. So so there's so much going on. But what, but what we actually lack is a vibrant investor scene. Mm. Because we don't have that, you know, we have a few companies that starting to get interested. Snow Ventures will be a part of the panel, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and and I think that that's very uh, encouraging that they are uh, really, you know, focusing on what what could they do here and and what kind of deal flow they could could be a part of. But but we, it's still a little bit, you know, in the molding, if if you like, um, how how we can engage with them. Um, with the investors in Norway, traditionally people invest in two things: oil and gas and property. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean this is not so different from where I sit in uh, Switzerland. Uh, well, not oil and gas, but property suddenly and and, and uh, big stocks, large cap stocks. Yeah. But I guess yeah, this is talking about private investors, and um, yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to hear what some of the local private investors like Snow Ventures said at the conference. Now, of course, there's also um, the option of public financing. And so, yeah, there's the Norwegian Space Center, uh, sorry, Norwegian Space Agency. But um, is there something like, you know, more and more countries these days are developing almost like national space strategies because they think it is such an important thing? You know, obviously, yeah. a famous, exa famous example in, in Europe is, of course, is of course yes, there, there are there are some things uh, in the making right now that I can't really talk about even, mm. but there's initiatives that it will be if they succeed and get another, uh, the needed um, anchoring and ownership mm. uh, will be substantial. Uh, and uh, mm. and and so this is also you know this is it's not been really you know public yet, uh, mm. but but I know about it and and I'm kind of uh, have some uh, good friends uh, giving me uh, some uh, head heads up, so I know that there's you know more coming. Uh, at the same time, I think that the space agency will be instrumental in also making that happen or making that successful. Yeah. Uh, the space agency has traditionally been mo more or less focused on the ESA and EU, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but but I think that will also uh, you know be um, completed with a, with an even bigger picture uh, when when we get these uh, different programs to happen. Uh, I'm not sure how much we should talk about defense and the defense sector, but mm. obviously with everything that goes on right now, sure. and, and NATO has established, you know, different funds and yeah. and uh, and financing institutions. That's also a, a big part of what will happen in the future, I think. So, uh, and I think it's uh, yeah, it, it 
it's that it's it's interesting that it, this is happening, and I think it will be valuable for many. Yeah, no, I fully agree, and I talk about this a lot. The defense, I mean, the defense sector has always, since the beginning of the space age, been intertwined um, with the space sector, right? Uh, Absolutely. To, to the extent that Yuri Gagarin and 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 um, and, and Shepard basically both went to space um, on top of modified nuclear missiles, <laughs> and, exactly. and of course, with everything that's happening um, in the world today, it's uh, actually these budgets are only kept going up and more is coming back into space. Um, but yeah, the, 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 that's kind of the reason why I asked this question about the sort of public funding side, because of course, Norway, because of the oil and gas and then sort of uh, good governance, is, of course, has the, the country has substantial, I think famously, you guys have still the largest pension fund in the world. So there's yeah, substantial, <laughs> substantial, <laughs> substantial funds available for investment. Plus, uh, so that's on the public side. Plus, um, again, coming back to the corporates, right? I mean, the companies like Equinor also um, you know, have a lot of cash flow, <laughs> like you pointed yeah. out. Yeah, and, and and of course, I mean that. Uh, I think the the, the potential uh, that could be realized if we are able to actually engage uh, big um, industrial players like Equinor is enormous. But it needs to be done in a strategic and business oriented mm. way. You can't yeah. just go to a, you know a corporate executive meeting in that kind of corporation um, and say, "Wait, we have a lot of interesting space projects. Please give us some money," because that's what people actually are doing mm. or have been doing for some time. And it doesn't work like that. You have to actually show them that this is valuable. Yeah, this uh, is good like for you your business. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So uh, you will either save a lot of costs, or you will actually generate, you know, an ROI over over a mm -hmm. number of years that you can actually relate to. And and a lot of these bigger companies that they're used to think about fifteen to twenty years ahead. Mm -hmm. um, so, but but I think the the space sector in in, in general has been a little bit poor in the business thinking. Uh, and that's why maybe they haven't been able to, to engage players like that. Uh, so so but but I think that's just that's just that's moving as well. So and you, you mentioned the public um, part. I mean uh, obviously yeah Norway is a rich country. We have a lot of cash in that pension fund. And and at the same time we are you know we have responsible politicians um so carefully you know uh, managing that fund and and have good processes for it so it's no you know no easy lunch there but mm -hmm. if we can position space as a high potential opportunity or a really you know strong uh, domain for export for instance because Norway mm -hmm. is a super small country so there's no market in Norway for anything right so mm -hmm. our market is Europe and and the world basically mm -hmm. uh, I think the interest will also increase there and actually know it is so people are looking into this as we as we speak uh, pretty much to to see okay maybe we can actually make uh, this industry grow a lot more uh, because we see that this we can actually deliver to this um, big global market. Yeah, because I mean it's it's it's, it's sort of a funny comparison, right? A, sort of totally different country, but uh, as you're probably aware, I know you were at IEC in Paris and you saw sort of the the, the very impressive big move of the uh, Saudi Space Commission, right? And so I think like, well, there's two countries which sort of historically generating a lot of cash from uh, from oil and gas, um, right? But of course that's not going to go on forever. Um, also. So like you say, a very limited internal market because the population sizes are not that big. And so countries which kind of should think about, okay, what is some cool stuff that we can redeploy our capital in the future? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no no question about it. So so the potential for, for Norway to do more in this field is obviously very you know large. Uh, but we also have, you know, if you compare it to, to, to Saudi Arabia, we actually have more 
you know, more legs to stand on than them, actually. Uh, so we have a substantial oil and gas business, which is really, you know, uh, something that we expect to to, to uh, maybe in five to ten years be a lot less significant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also have, you know, fish industry, yep. forest industry. Mm-hmm. Shipping. Yep. Yeah, shipping. So we, we are kind of a little bit more uh, robust uh, when it comes to the big change that will come. Everybody's expecting expecting it. And, and maybe the oil and gas companies more than anyone. They know mm-hmm. that this will happen, mm-hmm. right? So so they need to, they are pre- pretty much more interested in divesting uh, than maybe the politicians are. Mm-hmm. If you understand what I mean, they see that this is, you know, they have like a five, six year perspective where they mm-hmm. actually know what the reserves are, what the projects will be. After those six years, it's starting to get foggy. Mm-hmm. It's starting mm-hmm. to get difficult to see, okay, where do we actually get our revenue from? Yeah. Um, so, so they are really interested in uh, in uh, moving into this and, and learning as much as possible. And I would like to mention, Equinor uh, was really my former employer. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a, on a, under a different name, that they are they have uh, high level strategic people actually looking mm-hmm. into space right now. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. That 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 is that is very good to hear. Equinor that used to be uh, Statoil, right? Statoil, yes. Statoil. Yeah, that's right. I remember. It changed now in a couple of years after I left. Well, is there anything um, else that we haven't talked about that you want to point out? It could be about the conference or about the Norwegian space ecosystem. Yeah, I would like to mention, I mean, uh, going back to Alden, which is, I think, uh, is is an exciting thing for us Norwegians, because at the conference, Mm. we will have four uh, young women presenting everything. Uh, And this sounds uh, a little bit cheesy, the way I told you now, but, Mm -hmm. you know, these are super smart, strong enabled powerful women and Mm -hmm. that's a big thing for me because uh there's too many old men in this business right oh yes (laughs) so 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 uh, to 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 see that happening and these four um are all leaders in their field uh, and you know are pretty much crafting everything from scratch and building up an operation that has never been done before i think that is very exciting uh, because there's not that many commercial spaceports uh, around in the world, as you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this will be a first for a lot of things, and I'm very excited about that. That you can actually see that you know women are coming on board and uh, and kind of will maybe not dominate, but will be very visible in the industry going forward. And I think that is a very good thing. I mean, yeah, you don't have to dominate yet. I mean, the last time I ran the statistics, it was something like 85% of high, higher-level executives in our space for Wales. So yeah. Even if we move exactly. from the 85, like if we move in the right direction, it's already... Uh, that's, yeah. that's where, no, that's no, where, we have a lot to go on. Yeah. Perfect. No, I'm looking forward to that as well. I think uh, those are the four women uh, presenting Andoya, you're saying, or in mm-hmm. general. The the four ladies are presenting uh, yes. Andoya. Andoya. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, pro- they're presenting the the kind of the plans and what they're doing right now, and also kind of uh, trying to visualize or uh, describe how the value chain look. And so this is also indirect, indirectly, in my opinion, also an invitation to a lot of the companies there to mm-hmm. see that yeah, we we have this, we have this, but we, maybe we don't have that, right? So mm-hmm. so there could be in a in a direct kind of opportunity opening up. But anyway, I think it's uh, it's a very uh, cool thing to see women are coming on on onto this more operational side and or, or and leadership side of the space industry. And if I could say one more thing, uh, because I'm a little bit proud of it, um, students is something that I think is super important. Mm. And this year I managed to get financing for 100 students, so they get in for free. 
mm-hmm. uh, because of uh, the sponsors I have uh, been lucky to attract, and also I sponsor some of them myself. But but hundred students on master or higher level mm-hmm. that is super motivated, super mm-hmm. smart, uh, is going to be a part of that kind of interesting mix of industry, you know, leaders mm-hmm. and players and. And I, I, yeah, I look forward to to see that kind of boil a little bit. No, absolutely. That's another thing we absolutely need. Right, we're talking about sort of the I forget now it was during the podcast or before, but basically the worker shortages that we're having, starting to see in um, in space. Yeah. Right. So and so we need to make sure we train more and more people for space as well. And do you remember are those um are those mostly engineering students, or is it also a mix of non of non engineers? There's a little students? yeah. There well to be honest, there's still uh maybe two. There's may the majority is engineering students. Mm. But it's also other disciplines. Okay. So so and what I've been trying to to attract most is kind of business side of it, uh, of things mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think that is needed. Yeah. So there will be economics, you know, people there, and there will be uh, some, you know, biotechnology people, mm-hmm. uh, but but also a lot of you know mechanical or engineering people, mm-hmm. uh, and also of course um, computer science people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so hopefully there will be a kind of a good diverse. Um, uh, constellation of students and, and as I say it's access to a talent that is so hard to get mm-hmm. uh, because these are really top of the line people all of them mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so so um, I expect that to be a, a good addition to to, um, to a regular conference great so coming full circle to where we started with, with your bio and so now you have Spaceport Norway and you got it going and it's clearly a very successful event now but, but you were already saying like you were sort of excited about space in general what what do you think some of your future projects might be in the sector uh-huh. well i pretty much have the next year lined up already so um i can mention one thing uh, you, you maybe you you um, uh, saw it at the isc in paris but there will be a, a global space conference on climate change next year mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, arranged by the IAS, but hosted by the norwegian space agency mm-hmm. and i'm mm-hmm. the project manager for that Mm, uh, okay. And that is, you know, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so you know, the day after I finish Spaceport Norway, I'm all in on that. So, so that's you know another conference. But from from uh, uh, from my perspective, again, my my contribution will not be to manage the event, but you know, the strategic uh, architecture, the branding, the, mm-hmm. the communication, uh, trying to really um, uh, position it. As, as a very you know a new but um, uh, relevant meeting arena for the high level politicians and also executives in the world to attack mm-hmm. the biggest challenge of all time so that's one thing but if i could you know uh, talk a little bit more about you know what, what i think is personally super interesting mm-hmm. i'm sure. so so you know looking for the starship to launch same here yeah, because I think that will also. I mean, if if it's successful, it will change everything. Yeah, uh, exactly. the whole kind of you know the business will be totally different uh, after, uh, and the cost for per kilo to space and also long term uh, long long space flights will be so different that it's going to enable us to do a lot more. So I think you know there's a lot of interesting things going on in Leo, and I think that space has a big big place in order to fight climate change or enable us to fight climate climate change. Mm-hmm. I think it's too late to stop it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But maybe we can, you know, be prepared in a different mm-hmm. way and learn mm-hmm. how to deal with it. But And I think space is a very, uh, you know, very interesting and important position in that. But looking a little bit ahead, Starship is going to either, you know, crash and burn <laughs> or it's going to change everything. 
Yeah, and and, and 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 of course, there's always space is hard, famously, as we say, right? This, these are not mutually exclusive, right? It could crash and burn like a few times and eventually Absolutely. work. And even if it yeah, works yeah. a little bit later, it's still going to completely revolutionize things, like you're saying. Yes, it will. So so I, that's kind of one of the things that I'm really personally, uh, yeah, the, looking forward to. Yeah, same here, same here. So Ola, we always finish up these episodes uh, uh, basically traditionally on the same question, which is about science fiction. So I just want to ask you whether you enjoy science fiction and and if so um what are some of your favorite um works it could be books movies tv series yeah yeah well you know i love science fiction uh and if i go I, it's going to be hard to actually give you a long list but i can easily do it as well i mean everybody i think uh, with, with some film interest and science fiction interest you can't really ignore the space odyssey the stanley kubrick movie mm -hmm. kind of started a little bit with that but then um, so, so that's one of my all-time favorites. Blade Runner is another one. Mm. Uh, Alien, and in particular the first one, is a mm -hmm. fantastic science yeah. fiction movie. Of the more newer movies, I also enjoyed uh, The Interstellar a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, looking at the world today, uh, with all the croc challenges, food food security issues, etc., you're starting to get, you know, this vibe that Interstellar was not maybe that far off um in in describing what the biggest challenges we have uh you know are and so i think that, that i think that is an uh, excellent movie as well and 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 the last one i would like to mention because i think it's so intelligent and so sensibly kind of sensible is arrival um mm -hmm. uh the whole kind of communication and you know the the the, the different dimensions if you like in in mm -hmm. uh, in uh, how you perceive time and i think it was so fantastically intelligent yeah. uh, and well acted so yeah i love science fiction as you probably hear <laughs> yeah, no, the arrival is definitely is very very creative. I enjoyed it very much yeah. as well. But Ola, thank you so much for coming on. I'm I'm very happy that uh, I'll, I'll actually see you in three days. Yes, <laughs> and so we'll we'll have a drink. Uh, we'll have a drink at the reception. Look forward and, to that. Uh, very much looking forward to the conference. Yeah, I look forward to having you, and uh, welcome to Oslo. Thank you. And that's a wrap for another nominal episode of the Space Business Podcast. Once more, if you enjoyed this, please leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple or Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore space. You can support us at www.patreon.com forward slash space business podcast. Lastly, if you have any feedback, including ideas for guests, and that may include yourself if you have an interesting space story to tell, or interested in being a sponsor, drop us an email at spacebusinesspodcast at gmail.com. See you for the next episode.